You're listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. Sponsored by thetaste.ie. Voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine. Good evening and welcome to this week's Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and on tonight's show the focus is on the Listowel Food Fair which starts this Thursday the 9th of November and runs until next Monday the 13th of November. There's an exciting lineup of events and we'll be talking to Paul O'Connor from Garvey's Super Value in Listowel about being the official festival partner and we'll find out from Paul what in-store events will be taking place this week. We'll also have a listen to some chats I had earlier this year at the Food for Thought event in Tralee when I met Greta McCarthy, author of Greta's Herbs. Greta is doing a workshop this Saturday, that's the 11th of November at two o'clock, and that is in the Horseshoe Bar and Restaurant on William Street. On Friday evening, there's an amazing dinner in the Listowel Arms Hotel that features a menu created using products that have won awards in the Best Emerging Artisan Product Competition, and that includes Cordal Goat's Cheese, Dingle Sushi and Tom E's Tea. So we'll find out about those products later in the show. And we'll also hear from Simon Delaney, who is the star attraction on opening night with Listowel Local and Flow Gas Ambassador Lizzie Lyons from Lizzie's Little Kitchen. If at any point you'd like to get in touch with me here on the show, you can drop me an email to s.noonan at live.ie or tweet me at Queen of Org as in Queen of Organisation. So to start the show off tonight, we have Paul O'Connor from Garvey Super Value on the line to find out about the in-store events taking place this week in Listowel. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Paul, it's great to have you on the phone this evening and Garvey's Super Value is the official festival partner for the Listowel Food Fair and you've lots of things happening this week. Starting with Thursday the 9th of November, you're involved in the opening night. We are, Sean, yeah, we're on the opening night. Uh, Lizzie from Lizzie's Little Kitchen here, who's obviously uh, on TV3 as well on Sunday mornings with Simon Delaney. So Simon and Lizzie are doing a cookery demonstration in the hotel and we're providing all the ingredients. Uh, for, for her demonstration. And the opening night, always the proceeds from it always goes to a local charity. They do, which is great. You know, it's not just, I mean, the event really isn't about making money, it's about kind of seeing the store, I suppose, as a, a foodie town, the way the thing has, has done in the last year. So I suppose it's a PR event, if you like, for the town. And like, there's lots of good restaurants here, there's lots of good shops, there's lots of good local producers. And it's just a highlight, actually, for the public. So the Nano Nagel charity will be there on the door on Thursday night because I think it's 15 euros to, to go. So it's not very expensive to go at all to see two very good people do cookery demonstrations using all your fantastic ingredients. And they have some special guests that they're actually cooking for at the VIP chef's table. We do. We have Kevin Beasley, who's the nutritionist with the Kerry football team. And we have the reigning rose of Tralee, Jennifer Byrne as well. So I suppose there's no pressure on the chefs to have those two celebrities, if you like. Absolutely, yes. Two fantastic people to be there on the opening night. And then on Friday, there's lots happening in-store in Garvey's Super Value. There's an awful lot happening on Friday here. Um, the overall winner of the Listowel uh, Food Fair uh, Prize is the busy botanist who have a fabulous range of herbal teas. So Carol will be here and they're great characters as well. So they'll be here all day tasting their products. Then we have Cordial Cheese, who is another winner, and um, obviously based in Cordial, it's a ghost cheese, an absolutely fabulous product. Um, we have Dude's Mayonnaise, who are a local company based in Brasna, who just started out, and they may obviously make their own mayonnaises. Um, we have Italian-style cheese then made in Tralee. Now, it's called Ugly Cheese, but don't be scared by it. It's a fabulous product. They do ricotta and mozzarella, and the two Italian uh, people in Tralee, and all the milk is from Belly Mac as well, so it's all made locally. Then we have uh, Daisy Baked Chocolates from Abbey Field. 
So it's a great story there that um, she's actually doing it at farmers markets and things like that. And now she's flying shops and it's a fabulous quality product, even coming into Christmas, a lovely gift to give to people. Um, and as well as that, then we have our own tastings in store. So we, we have an award-winning fish counter here. We've got our fish expert, his name is Dan O'Regan, who works for Garvey's and spends time in each of our stores. So he'll be here that day giving tips on how best to cook fish. Um, we have a fabulous range of prepared by our butcher, we call it. So if customers can come in and we'll say the meat and the veg or the meat with sauces on it is already displayed for customers or just for convenience, people don't have to marinate uh, products at home. So we'll be doing tastings on that and we'll have some wine tastings. So we'll also be doing tastings in our bakery. So we have a fabulous range of scratch breads, including even sourdough, which is very hard to get um, anywhere. So it's a very complex product to, to produce. So we were the only producers of sourdough in North Kerry. So there will be tastings on that. And also then we have our range of Garvey's Kitchen uh, products, which is solely supplied to, to Garvey's by our own kitchen in Tralee. And there'll be shepherd's pies and cottage pies and cheesecakes and trifles. And but we'll have a lot of that. And there'll be more as well as that. There'll be a lot of tastings around Friday. And it's everything free. You come in, you can visit us, you can talk to the producers. We you get tips from our fish experts and our butcher experts. And um, there's, no, there's no charge. Fully free. And you mentioned the best emerging artisan food product competition there. That's something that Garvey's is very heavily involved in. And the ingredients for the dinner, the awards dinner in the Listowel Arms Hotel on Friday night, they actually use a number of those products to create dishes for that dinner. That's right. So the cheeses in particular will be involved. The um, tea will be, will be involved in it as well. And a lot of the winners, there'll be chutneys and so on. They'll all be involved in the dinner that night. So it's absolutely fantastic. It's a great, and the hotel, in fairness to them, um, we go down every year for the dinner. The hotel does a fabulous job of kind of, it's not easy, I suppose, to get a list of all these products and try and marry it all into into one menu. And usually there's five or six courses then of little small hors d'oeuvres and everything else. It's absolutely fabulous. The the prize for the overall prize for the best emerging artisan food product is that it, it's on the shelves in Garvey Super Value for a year. That's correct, and it's the busy botanist, and actually we have a big display um, down in the shop at the moment. We have a big wheel, if you like, like a Ferris wheel, and we have the, it's something we use for, for our off-license from time to time for work. We really feature that product and just try and give them a good head start, um, because I think it's important for small producers to, to get their foot on the ladder, really, like, you know. Fantastic. And we were talking there about Lizzie Lyons from Lizzie's Little Kitchen in Listowel, who is opening the festival on Thursday night with Simon Delaney. And then Lizzie is in Garvey's with you on Saturday doing a cookery demo. She is again at one o'clock on Saturday. Lizzie will be here. She Everything she cooks in store will be products that are on, the, on our shelves here. Um, and also on, on, on Thursday night when she does the demo, everything will be supplied by ourselves as well. But she's doing great tips. She's going to play around with a lot of products they have and do a different spin on them for customers. And again, that's free as well. So people can come in and get expert advice from Lizzie and there's no charge at one o'clock on Saturday. And I, I find sometimes now whenever I go to the supermarket with the small children that it can be a bit challenging, but you have that box ticked because you have some in-store entertainment for the small people. We do. At 11 o'clock, our, our own bakers in our bakery department will have lots of cupcakes made. So they'll have the little bun made but for the kids, we want the kids to come in and our bakers will show them how to put the icing on top of the cupcake and put little decorations on them and so on. And also, the smaller kids, they're storytelling them with Maria as well. So like if people come in at 11 o'clock, maybe the older kids might do a bit of decorating, but smaller kids can, we'll have a little seated area up the front and they'll be entertained by Maria while that's going on. 
give parents a break for a while if they want to go and do their shopping. Absolutely fantastic. And then for the very creative type parents, you have a workshop for making and tasting Christmas treats with Orla. We do. Orla there has her own uh, cookery school in Ballydunahoe and she's doing a Christmas workshop for people that could have three on Saturday uh, where she's making and tasting Christmas treats so little little bakery type items and little chocolates and so on and how to make I suppose it's gone back to that now where instead of the old bus to shop and buy a present for someone um, put a bit of thought into it a bit of effort into it to now make something yourself and then she'll also show people how to, how to gift wrap it I suppose to make it look classy and make it look upmarket you know well, Listowel, as you say, is a fantastic town for food in terms of restaurants and you've loads of food producers now in the area making some award-winning goodies. Why should people come to Listowel for this festival this week? Exactly. There's lots of good restaurants in town and there's lots of good producers. We've got small delis in town. It's a town maybe that sometimes people don't come here regularly, don't realise how, how much is here. And um, like North Kerry is, I suppose, renowned for Kerry Group. And what you forget then is that on that basis you have lots of dairy producers in terms of fabulous cheeses being made in this area and people the farm, if you go down to the farmers market in town on a, on a Friday morning there the amount of low, small local producers that are down there making stuff at home maybe you bakery items cheese items patties and so on it's fantastic and we're in the shop here we try and support those producers the best we can we have a special section at the bottom of the shop called the Food Academy and it's basically for all small producers and give them a chance our, our slogan if you like is giving small producers a chance and that's what we're all about and there's a number of Kerry producers who are involved in Super Values um, the Food Academy there like you mentioned Maria and her like the, the cookie jars the Easy Bake that she does they're part of the Food Academy that's right they're part of the Food Academy we have um, we have a wheat grass made in Chile um, there's, lots, there's lots of cheeses and obviously aside from Food Academy itself then we stock at hay, uh, bread puddings and, and sausages. We've owned a scald puddings and sausages. We have local bacon from Billy Kassan and, and John West. We have Ted Brown salmon. You know, so where possible, we try and support the local the local guy. And okay, you have to carry the big brands. People will be looking for them. But on top of that, we try and support the local as best we can. And in terms of the best emerging artisan food product competition, some of the previous winners, can you tell us how they have fared over the years having had exposure in Garvey's Super Value for one year after winning it? I can. Well, one, two that stand out, I suppose, over the last two years are Spice Dibbles. I know they were based in Dublin, but they had a fabulous product where all the, they had a mix of spices in a bag. So if you were making a curry or a, a tikka masala, um, you mix this in with your, with your mix, it gave you the instructions and the, the quality of the product was the restaurant's quality, so that's absolutely fantastic. And then as well as that last year, uh, Jim O'Brien was the winner, uh, who is based in Glynn, and he makes a fabulous cheese. Jim has a great story there, I'm sure people have heard of it. I suppose he had a farm and, and I suppose things were getting tight. I think he learned how to, he learned how to make cheese. He went to Germany himself for a few months and the quality of the cheese is absolutely fantastic. And both those products are still available in the store and selling very well. So it's well worth entering that and it's well worth trying out some of the award-winning products from it because they they just go from strength to strength as a result of that platform that's used to catapult them out there into the public arena. Absolutely. And they visit us regularly and do tastings in store and it just makes such a huge difference to their products. You know, because people are nervous about trying the new products, but I suppose once you taste it, you know, you know what you like or not, I suppose, but it's just important for them to take it out and they do taste things in, in stores and in farmers' markets and so on and so forth. A wide range of different events there, Paul, for different age groups. Something for everybody, I think, this weekend in Listool, so definitely the place to be. There is, and we purposely put the kids stuff on Saturday because obviously they'll be off school 
and on side of them when people might have a bit more time in their hands kids are in school and so on so we have so many tastes they can just take their time and browse and as I say anything that's going on in the shop for the weekend is, is, is free there's no charge for anything so I think that's important too Fantastic well best of luck with it and thanks so much for telling us about it tonight Thanks Sean thanks very much you're listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. Sponsored by the Taste.ie. Voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan. And just before the break, Paul O'Connor had details about some of the events taking place this week during the 23rd Listowel Food Fair. If you're just tuning in, you can catch up on Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at the new time of 8am. And the podcasts are available to listen to on SharonNoonan.com as well as iTunes and the podcast app. And it's also on the taste.ie website voted Ireland's best online digital food and drink magazine. Still to come tonight, we'll be hearing from actor and TV presenter Simon Delaney about his cookbook, Simply Simon's, The Diner Cookbook, and his appearance at the opening night of Listowel Food Fair this Thursday. And we'll be talking to award-winning producers whose products will feature on the menu at the gala dinner in the Listowel Arms Hotel this Friday. Next, so we're going to hear a chat I had earlier this year with Greta McCarthy. Greta is the author of Greta's Herbs, Growing Wild in the West of Ireland, and she's doing a workshop at two o'clock on Saturday in the Horseshoe Bar and Restaurant. So let's have a listen to what Greta's Herbs is all about. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Greta, it's lovely to meet you here in Tralee IT at the Food for Thought event and you're here with your book, Greta's Herbs, Growing Wild in the West of Ireland. Yes, thank you, Sharon. <laughs> it is very nice to be here, you know, and particularly because it's the hub of culinary expertise and there's so many wonderful young chefs, really, I think, coming out of this institution. And um, so I'm very happy to be here. Yeah. Well, when it comes to cooking, herbs are a fundamental part of it. How did you get into growing herbs yourself? Well, I I trained initially in amenity horticulture in the Botanic Gardens in the 80s. And really, I suppose, just I decided I'd like to specialise in something. And, um, you know, the food business is such a, a big thing now and it's so popular. And herbs, as plants, even if you never use them, they're beautiful to look at, you know, they're scented and they attract butterflies and honeybees and they're um, just a beautiful plant in its own right and then they have the added bones of course of being multi-purpose having lots of usages and I would be um, a horticulturist who specialises in the growing of herbs but I wouldn't be a herbalist so the medicinal aspect would not be my forte even though I would have a, obviously a knowledge on medicinal plants and it, it just kind of developed. I initially I had a garden centre business in, up in Wicklow. And then when I moved to Kerry with young children, I kind of got back into rural life and got some land and set up my small nursery. And um, I think there is a scope for growing herbs. It's a very specialised area. There are not a lot of people actually doing it. And um, I suppose the book is really an effort to make herbs more accessible to everybody really a lot of people don't know so the book captures all your knowledge and expertise it's very detailed there's photographs there's text what was the motivation for doing a book 
And I was writing, I used to write a lot when I was young, and I used to write um, in Wicklow for the Wicklow Times, gardening articles. And um, my children, I used to write then for West Kerry Live magazine. I was constantly writing gardening articles on herbs. And it was my children said, why don't you write a book? So I got back into writing and wrote it over two winters. And uh, it was a long haul, though, trying to get it published. That's, a, that's another story. Um, and then my friends did, my friend Rob Beaton did the photography, another friend did the layout and design. And it just evolved. I've also um, thought, you know, that a lot of the herb books that are on offer for sale are very technical, and, and to me even, and I'm trained in, in horticulture, so I wanted something that was easy to follow, so I used a different kind of format. Um, it's broken into chapters, like with the sun lovers, the shady characters, and I, 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 my story weaves through it as well, so I... I, I hope that it's a, I am told it's a kind of a light and maybe at times a humorous read. <laughs> Who's it aimed at? Who's your market? Who are you hoping will buy it? Well, a, bo- a broad spectrum, really. I, and I suppose uh, a main market here today would be your trainee and professional chefs because there are over 100 varieties and there's lots of varieties even people who are years cooking will not be familiar with. That's one aspect. Then I've got the your everyday cook. You know, I mean, I did the slideshow in class this morning. It was fundamentally female, uh, female attendees, but none of those were actually trainee chefs or chefs as such. They were all just regular housewives uh, or individuals who who liked to cook and wanted to learn more about growing and using them. So it's that, and and it's even like children. There's an aspect, there's a a chapter on uh, growing for fun, like growing peanuts and growing cherry tomatoes and growing licorice stuff for children as well because I worked with children for 15 years on a project and on a school and uh, that's when you nurture the appreciation as well at that level and of course because herbs have scent and they're very tactile plants children seem to they appeal to children as well you know does the climate in Ireland lend itself to growing herbs Absolutely. And I mean, I was quite amazed because the climate on the west is quite different from the east coast. It's, it's milder, but it's much wetter. And, and still, and a lot of herbs are from dry, mountainous regions of Italy and Spain. And they, they will still, if they're grown here, they tend to adapt. But you do have to, in some instances, add sand or improve the soil. But like things like mint, um, oregano, rosemary... Um, they're all very easy and they'll actually reseed, they've reseeded because I'm, I'm a wild gardener I don't have time to weed <laughs> And even then if you don't have a garden it's something that can be done very easily in pots and window boxes Exactly Sharon, I mean you could grow a, a fantastic selection even in a small average window box or fish boxes are great um, and you only need to use a little of a herb because the flavours are so potent that you 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 know they're very bountiful, so so even, no excuses no for anybody excuses, out there not no, to do it. No. What's your favourite herb out of all of them? No, I've n- I haven't actually ever been asked that question. Are you serious? I haven't. <laughs> I love them all so much. It's kind of like who, who's your favourite child? Um, I suppose I've I've got a fondness for the mint clan, and 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 that's because there are about a hundred varieties because we have exciting ones like chocolate peppermint, lime mint, 
orange mint which is a new one this year and they're very easy like mints are invasive so you really need to keep them in pots and that um, so they're so easy to grow and you know I really can't answer that question there's a whole chapter on ornamental herbs like all the poppies I love oriental poppies and ladybird poppies and all of that as well so to me to, to use even in cooking I couldn't say. <laughs> uh, well, for me now, being a mojito lover, I'd have to go for the iron mint. The mint would be the one that I would grow. Fantastic achievement getting the book published oh, and you. congratulations on it. If people want to get hold of a copy or find out more about you and your business, where should they go? Yeah, greshusherbs.com would be my website and it's for sale on that. I'm based in Anaskal. Um, visitors by appointment, just by appointment, please. And uh, it's also for sale in various shops on the Dingle Peninsula, like the Dingle Bookshop, Super Value, um, a lot of the petrol stations, the Milton Organic Store. These is this, you see all the outlets listed on my website, grifesharris.com. Thank you, Sharon. Fantastic, lovely Thank to talk you. to you, Greta. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. So that was Greta McCarthy and as I say her workshop is on at two o'clock on Saturday. If you check out her Facebook page it's Greta's Herbs and also check out the Listole Foot Fair Facebook page for details about all of the events and one that is very much looked forward to is the annual awards dinner in the Listole Arms Hotel. That's on this Friday evening. It's a nine course tasting menu and it features dishes from winners in the best emerging artisan food product. And I met some of those earlier this year at the Food for Thought event. So let's have a reminder and have a listen to Shane from Cordell and Martin from Dingle Sushi. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Shane, you're here today with a goat's cheese product. Tell us about it. Um, so I set up Coral Goat's Cheese. Uh, I launched in the 27th of November in 2016 inside the Killarney um, Christmas market. And since then, I've been selling into shops. And after Christmas, I started selling into food service. So I'm in hotels such as the Europe in Killarney, um, the Rose Hotel in Tralee, and um, Ava Jones Restaurant in Listowel. So... It's a broad range of uh, food service around Kerry now since Christmas. So. It's, it's a soft goat's cheese and yeah. you've three different varieties. Yeah, so I do the original um, goat's cheese. I've garlic and thyme and honey and chilli as well. So it's um, an Italian style recipe, so it's not matured. The cheese is matured, so it's quite mild. And it's um, cultured then with a lactic acid buttermilk, which gives it a kind of a citrusy tart flavour then as well. So. Do you have a farming background yourself? Um... Yeah, my family are from a farm. Personally, I don't. My background's been food, so I started... um, I've been working in restaurants since the age of 15, and I went on to do um, food business in UCC. And from there, then, I went on to work in Prestige Foods in Listowel in quality control. And then I went on to work in new product development in Fallon and Ballyverney. So... um, there I developed 22 products for retail for the likes of Little Aldi, Duns and Super Value. So it was a great experience to get um, from take a product from idea stage up to launch on the shelf as well. And at what point then did you see a gap in the market for your goat's cheese? Um, I was at a, a trade show in Paris um, as part of work and I tasted a different variety of ghost cheeses and came home and looked into ghost cheeses on the market just as a consumer that I could purchase and noticed that there was 19 cheesemakers in Cork at the time, a mix of cow and ghost cheesemakers, and at the time there was only three in Kerry and no ghost cheesemakers. Tell us about your ingredients then. Where do you source them from? So at the moment I get my milk from um, 
up near the, in the Midlands, up near Kilkenny, so I found it very difficult to get a goat's milk producer in Kerry. So I, I collect it every week from up in the Midlands, so I'm hoping to get someone closer to home in the near future. And then um, the product, is it's very natural, so it has the milk, the rennet, the culture, and then salt for flavour, and obviously the the flavour, the honey and chilli and the garlic and thyme then put in, so no preservatives or anything like that. And when you get those ingredients then, you have a facility in Fireys, is it? Yeah, so the Kerry Food Hub, I, um, I moved in there in November, so I make the cheese there, collect the milk every Monday, and um, the cheese is made then by Thursday evening, Friday morning. Like I said, I don't mature it, so it's um, it's in a quite mild flavour, so it's, it's delivered then on Fridays out the door. You're a Kerry man yourself, I yeah. presume? Yeah, born and bred, yeah. So. Well, listen, best of luck with it. If we want to get more information or to buy it, where can we get it? Um, stock, it's, at the moment I'm on the Musgraves, the Super Valley Food Academy, so I'm hoping to be in there in the next few weeks around Kerry. And um, you can you can purchase it then in the likes of Centra and Far and Four. There's Chef Gerard's in Castle Island, and it's um, if you follow the Facebook page, you'll see where the product is stocked and which menus it's on as well. Um, the page is facebook.com forward slash cordial cheese. You'll find me on Twitter as well. Um, it's cordial cheese as well. And the email address, if anyone wants to contact me, is cordial cheese at gmail.com. Fantastic. Best of luck Perfect. with it. Thanks, Martin, you're from Dingle and you're making sushi in Dingle, which a lot of people might not know. When did you start the business? I know we started a business three years ago. We are making it in Dingle. We are trying to use as many local ingredients as possible. So our salmon, mackerel and crab meat, uh, they're all from uh, local suppliers. We're also using a tuna from Donegal. That's uh, uh, albacore white tuna. Where are you from yourself? You don't sound like you're from Dingle originally. No, I'm originally from Poland, uh, but I'm living in Dingle for the last 11 years. And uh, sushi is very popular in my country, so that was one of the reasons when we tried to mm, show it to the, to the Irish customers. And tell me, do you have to do a lot of training to become a sushi? Is it a sushi master? Is that the correct term to call somebody that's an expert in making sushi? It is. I'm a sushi chef myself. I won't call myself master. It takes uh, many years of practice. And you also need um, sushi master, master to teach you. Um, I had over 80 hours practice with one of the best uh, Polish sushi masters. So that gave me some skills to start. Sushi is quite popular now in places like Dublin, for example, but maybe outside of the city it might not be something that people would be as interested in. Did you think, were you taking a huge risk starting this business? Uh, yes, it was a bit hard at the beginning and maybe that's the reason why we are only a uh, producer in Kerry. Uh, it takes a while to, to convince people to try it. Um, the main thing, because health and safety regulations, all the, the fish we're using is smoked or cooked. Um, and that um, the reason why our customers feel much more confident to, 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 to try it. So a lot of tastings, um, a lot of festivals and markets, and that helped a lot. It is a healthy option, isn't it? It is indeed. Uh, like one of our um, sushi sections we're selling, it's only around 200 calories. Um, and that was our idea, to make it as, as simple and healthy as it possible. Do you have a favourite yourself? Which one do you like the most out of all of them? I, it's changing. There's um, sometimes a mackerel is my favourite, some other it's a tuna. Now one of my favourites is a 
pickled mackerel. It's just four ingredients, uh, mackerel, vinegar, uh, salt and sugar, actually five, and cab juice, a bit of cab juice. So very natural, very intensive. Very nice. Are you selling into any supermarkets or shops? Yes, but only in County Kerry at the moment. The uh, reason of that is um, we're not using any preservative except uh, vinegar. So uh, we're delivering three times a week fresh sushi to the local super value shops. We're the part of the Food Academy. Then you can find us in uh, some of the local fish shops as well. Fantastic. Well, I know it's a delicious product. So um, congratulations on the business. Very innovative, which we always love to see. And best of luck with it. Thank you very much. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. Sponsored by thetaste.ie. Voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan. And just before the break, we were hearing from award-winning artisan food producers whose products will feature in a nine-course tasting menu at the Listowel Arms. Tickets cost €65 and are available from the hotel. And if you check out the Listowel Food Fair Facebook page, you'll get all the details there. If you are just tuning in, you can catch up on Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at the new time of 8am. The podcasts are available to listen to on SharonNoonan.com as well as iTunes and the podcast app. And now it's also on the taste.ie website, voted Ireland's best online digital food and drink magazine. So finally, Listowel Food Fair opening night takes place on Thursday and it has a great lineup, as Paul O'Connor was saying at the start of the show. And it includes the Rose of Tralee, Jennifer Byrne, Kerry team nutritionist, Kevin Beasley, Lizzie Lyons, who's a local from Lizzie's Little Kitchen, and actor and TV presenter Simon Delaney. You might have seen Lizzie and Simon on Sunday AM last weekend. Simon did extremely well on Celebrity MasterChef and he's published his first cookbook, Simply Simon's The Diner's Cookbook. I spoke to him a few weeks ago about this and his plans to visit the Listowel Food Festival. So let's have a listen. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Simon, congratulations on your book, Simply Simon's The Diner Cookbook. Tell us how this all came about. You're very kind. Thank you very much. It's been it's been uh it's been a heck of a year. It's taken nine months to put the whole thing together, but finally uh it arrived. And it's here and it's on the bookshelves. Um, it kind of came around from kind of off the back of taking part in Celebrity MasterChef last year. Um, I had an amazing time on that. Met some great people. Met some great chefs. Got to cook in some of the best kitchens in the British Isles. And it kind of really reignited and developed my love of cooking even more than I had originally. And then when I finished, I was lucky enough to get all the way to the final. Um and then when I finished, I was approached by a publisher with the idea of doing a cookbook. So I thought about it, and I thought, yeah, why not? And then I had to try and think of what kind of cookbook to do. Um, somebody <laughs> somebody very funnily tweeted me last week and said that I should have done a Chinese cookbook and called it Bachelor's Walk. Oh, very, very good. good. Yes, yes, exactly. Very good. <laughs> very clever. Um, so, yes, yeah, so the diner idea came around from, kind of from, I spent a lot of time in the States working over there and normally you're on your own so you tend to eat out a lot and also because you're filming you tend to be working strange hours so you know you'd be having your breakfast at 7 in the evening if you're on a night shoot and vice versa then you want your dinner at 8 in the morning so diners would normally be where I would frequent and that's where I landed with the idea of doing this diner cookbook and I've kind of 
I've laid it out like a diner menu. So there's a breakfast chapter, there's appetizers, there's classic diner sandwiches, deli sandwiches, there's entrees, desserts, there's even a menu for cocktails. Wow, so there's a lot in there. <laughs> 50 recipes, I believe. Like there's a lot of work in writing down 50 recipes. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of what, uh, not surprised me, but just the magnitude of the, of the, the task at hand. I mean, it's taken, mm-hmm. taken the bones of eight months, really, to put the whole book together. Because I wrote every word in the book. There's over 70,000 words in it. And there's a lot of writing in it because I wanted to make it a little bit different, make it a bit funny. I have little funny stories about each dish that's in the book. There's funny food quotes. There's stories from sets around the world involving food with me. And then we had, of course, we had to pick the recipes first. So I called on a good friend of mine, Neil Kearns, who's the executive head chef over at the Castanock Hotel. And Neil had kind of helped me. He's a pal of mine for a couple of years. He cooks on Saturday AM on Ireland TV3 with us. And he kind of helped me through MasterChef. He kind of was my go-to guy when I needed help or advice. So he was a natural choice when it came to writing the book. And he kind of helped me, you know, oversee the book in terms of the food. Like, I would have ideas for certain diner classics that I wanted in the book. And Neil would say, yeah, okay, well, how do we adopt it for the home cook? How do you put an Irish twist on it? So, for example, we have a classic recipe in the book for ribs. Everybody knows you get great ribs in a diner. So... We've done a Memphis kind of ribs, but we did a Dublin style on it because we braise our beef ribs in Guinness. So we've a little Irish twist on, the, on an American classic. And then we sat down and I just started writing. And as I said, it's taken eight months. And then we had the food photography to do and then the design of the book, which I'm thrilled with. It really is exactly what I had in my head. The, the guys at Black and White Publishing did a great job, and it's John Cahill who photographed the book for me. He was amazing. So I'm very proud of it, and I hope people enjoy it. And you're getting out and about with it. You're going to different food festivals, for example. Yeah, that's, that's kind of been a real eye-opener for me. And that all came from the nicest man in the business, Mr. Nevin McGuire, God bless him. Um, he he was, apparently, he, he was following me through uh, MasterChef on Twitter. And he was enjoying what I was doing on MasterChef. And then when MasterChef finished, he kind of said, look, do you want to meet up for a cup of tea? And I, I, I met him and a gentleman. And I happened to mention the fact that I was thinking of doing a cookbook. And I told him what kind of cookbook. And he loved it. He loved the ideas of the recipes. And he said, look, you should try and start doing the cooking at some of the food festivals. So through Nevin, I was able, this year, then I cooked a taste of Dublin, taste of Cavan, taste of Donegal, and down to Sabre Kilkenny. And that's been a really eye-opener. I met some amazing people around the country, local producers, local suppliers, chefs. And it's a real community vibe about doing those festivals. And everyone's there to help you. And, you know, don't worry if you forgot something, we'll get it for you. And they're all there to help you. And it was it was great. We I brought the kids with me and Lisa up to Donegal for a weekend. We cooked up there. And it's been a real, it's been a real eye-opener. What's it like then taking to the stage to cook on it? Because obviously you're well used to presenting and interviewing people and acting so you learn your lines and you know what you have to say and how to position yourself on a stage. There's kind of doing... a similarity to it though. There really is in terms of the culinary industry and in terms of chefs. And... Because it is theatre, you know, it's entertainment. Um, now obviously I'm out of my depth. I'm not a trained chef. I, I'm a whole cook, so... I had to get, you know, shown, you know, not shortcuts, but just preparation. I mean, we learned that in MasterChef. It was all about the preparation. If you did your prep right, 
there's no reason why your dish shouldn't be good. Um, so, you know, I got a lot of great advice and tips from some of the lads on the circus, some of the chefs, and saying, look, you don't need to bring two of everything, bring one of them, make sure you have that. Just sort of simple stuff. And then in terms of performing it, it's kind of, it's, it, it's this is something theatrical about it in terms of, you know, it has to be entertaining for the people who've paid the money into the festival and who are, who've taken the time out of their day to come down and sit and watch you cook. Um, and then, <laughs> then you're nervous because you hope you hope they like what you eat. But I remember cooking this Taste of Cabin earlier on this summer, which is an amazing event, 35,000 people. Incredible numbers down there. And uh, I cooked uh, one of the recipes in the book, pulled pork, mac and cheese. I made a beautiful big tray bag of that. And then I cooked a key lime pie. And it was fantastic because when we finished cooking, when we finished the demo, we portioned it out and people just came up to the stage and the editors and just to see the smiles on the faces, they loved it. And I was thrilled with that because it was a real kind of thumbs up for the recipe in the book. So I was delighted with that. I, I've, I've loved it. There's nothing more satisfying than whenever you have gone to the time and effort to cook something exactly. for others that they do enjoy it. Exactly, exactly. And I, you know, I, I'm a feeder. I have four small kids and, you know, I love cooking, I love my grub and, you know, my mum was the same, you know, that's where I got my love of food from. My mum is a very simple cook, nothing extravagant, one pot wonders, good, wholesome, simple food. And, but she loved feeding people and I think I got that from her, you know. So, yeah, there is really something very special about putting a plate of food in front of someone that you've taken the time out of your day to cook and prep correctly and they have a big smile on their face. And with four young children, that's always going to be your toughest audience. Well, that's the thing. And look, I'd be a liar if I said, oh, God, yes, my kids eat everything that I make. They don't. I mean, the six of us in the house, myself, Lisa, and the four boys. And, you know, one of the last doesn't like this. The other one loves it. You know, so you end up, as most parents do, cooking three or four different dinners every day. What I try to do is that myself and Lisa will have the same dinner. We'll have, we'll have our, our, our dinner. And the boys will eat some of them. They'll eat chicken curry or corn or they might have our, we have a beautiful recipe book for Tanya Italian meatballs the lads will eat that you know there's a homemade pizza recipe in there which they love doing but there's great joy in getting them involved in it as well and that's why I love doing the recipe the pizza recipe with them because they're involved right from the get-go they make their own make the dough they watch it prove they roll it out and then they can stand there on a stool and they can put on their own toppings they make the make our own pizza sauce they pop it in the oven and it's amazing how when they sit down then to eat it it automatically tastes better because they cook it themselves. They have pride in it. So I think I got that. I got that from my mum, and I hope that, particularly for boys, I hope that I pass that on to my boys that they can, that they learn how to cook and be self-sufficient because, you know, it's a great skill to have. Obviously, in life, um, it's very impressive to a woman too that you can cook. You, you know your way around the kitchen, uh, and also that you know, you take passion in the and pride in ingredients and, and cooking it right and placing it. So I hope I pass it on to my boys. Did they watch you whenever you were on Celebrity mm-hmm. Master Chef? They did. See, the bizarre thing was that obviously we'd filmed it, uh, you know, three, four, five months before it was on air. So when I was actually in the process of filming it, um, my my second uh, second born, Elliot, uh, he would sort of be standing at the hall or wait for me to come in from the day's filming to know had I made it through to the next round. So we got great crack out of me coming in. I pretend to have a sad face. He'd say, well, how did it go, Dad? And I'd say, well, we had to cook this and we had to cook that. And then the judges came in. and They liked this and they didn't like that. And then they lined us up and they said, the person leaving is 
<laughs> he would be hanging on your every word. And I'd say, you know, yeah, Colin had to go. And he goes, so you're still in. You're into the second round, quarterfinal, semi-final. He couldn't believe I made it to the final. God bless him. But uh, yeah, they loved it. They loved the whole process. And then sitting in the course a couple of months later then and, and watching it. And they loved the whole fact that they knew what had happened. And nobody else in their schools did. Because their teachers were saying, how did your dad get on a master chef? And the boys very proudly would say, can't tell you. <laughs> How did they manage to keep it a secret? I have no idea. I'm so proud of them. Yeah, I'm so proud. Not they, not, they didn't tell a soul, which is fantastic. Because I said to them, look, if somebody asks you and you tell them, it's going to spoil the show for them because there's no point watching it then for 10 weeks. And they went, oh, yeah, that's true, actually. Why would you do that? Cause they, and then they loved the fact of going to school every week. And their mates saying, God, your dad's still in this. <laughs> so they got, they got a bit of celebrity from it. God bless them. What was the highlight during Celebrity MasterChef for you? Because there was so many fantastic opportunities there. Yeah, but was there, there one were. moment that was a real standout moment um, for you? Do you know what? I, there were, as you said, there were so many. Working, working and watching Daniel Clifford and Robin Gill cook. I mean, these are two two guys at the top of the game. Daniel of course, has recently just held on to his two Michelin stars, and he very kindly has written the forward for my book, which is amazing. Um, watching those boys cook, learning from them, um, and then, you know, doing master classes and patisserie work with Claire Clark, cooking in Charlotte Key in Dublin was amazing. Cooking for the critics was, was incredible. But I suppose the highlight really was the semi final in London, where we got to cook in a Michelin star restaurant with the amazing Andy McFadden, Irish chef who's running that restaurant there. And we went in there, I didn't know what we were to do. And we went in at eight o'clock in the morning, we were to cook full lunch service for 50 guests, I think it was. So we all got a section each and off we went. And it was the most excruciating day in terms of pressure I mean I, I my hair was hurting me when I came out of it did I read you to touch of a hangover that day well I mean I absolutely could not confirm or deny that rumor <laughs> but yes we were all hanging we did we, of course we went over the night before I flew over to London and uh, myself Ushin McConville Neve Cavanagh and Colin McGorman we had made the semi-final and uh, some of us went out and uh, took in the sights of West London, let's say, until the wee small hours, not thinking, not knowing what was ahead of us. I think if we'd have known what we were going to be doing at 7 o'clock the following morning, I would have had a soda water and went to bed for 12 hours. But it was a punishing day, but it was amazing. I remember saying at the time that the last time I felt like that was in London, was, was when I performed in the West End in London. I was exhilarated, but exhausted. I was so tired, but what a pose to cook Michelin star food for that chef, for his customers in that restaurant. Amazing. Did you realise before you went into the process how good a cook you were? Did you realise you had all that expertise? <laughs> I, well, I, I know my way around the kitchen and I've, I've been cooking because, you know, we lost our parents when we were very young, as I say in the book. Like, I lost my mom when I was 19. My dad only my dad passed away seven years after that. So myself, my brother, my two sisters were kind of left on our own. We had to cook, so... I've always cooked, you know, I've cooked for 25 years. Um, and particularly then since I met Lisa and, you know, we got married and had kids, then it becomes a necessity to cook because you're feeding people, you know. But I've always had a passion for it. I always take pride in it. I love having friends and family over to the house. I love Sundays where my sisters come over, my brother and his, my nephew. And I, I love that. I love, I just love having a house full of people. 
and cooking something really special for them. You know, even if it's just, you know, a roast chicken with a ham, cabbage, all the trimmings, you know, but trying to do the dessert for them as well. Like, we don't have three, four courses. We cook really home-cooked traditional food, and that's kind of what I try to get across in the book, that this, it's a diner food, but it's American home cooking. There's meatloafs in there, there's New York cheesecakes, comfort food, and I wanted to take the diner experience and bring those dishes into your house. You love food programs yourself, so even before Celebrity Masterchef, <clears throat> and, and I would imagine you have an extensive library of cookbooks yourself at home. I'm tripping over them. Truth be known, I'm tripping over them. Um, I love my cookbooks and I love food, food channels. It's all I watch. Well, anybody who knows me at all or spends any time in our house will always know what room I'm in because the Food Network will be on our good food. Rick Stein, Jamie Oliver, Anthony Bourdain, I love them all. Um, and I'm fascinated with the whole uh, diner vibe with diners, drive-ins and dives. you got to eat here with John Cattucci. Amazing. I'm, I, I've been in love with the diner since the mid-90s, since, from movies, from my favourite Woody Allen movie, Broadway Danny Rose, that opening scene of the diner. I just love the culture of the diner, the different types of people who are in there. I love spending time in there on my own and people watching it. And, and as I say in the book, I've written all this in the introduction, that you know I've been in diners in New York and Dallas and Los Angeles and the clientele is so different. The conversations are different, but the food is the same. The food is so good, and there are there are certain dishes that are the diner classics that are on menus right across the states. Um, but yeah, the food net, food network and good food channel they are my downfall. I'm afraid. So could a TV program be next? Well, who knows? Yeah, who knows? I'd love to. God, listen, there's so, somebody pay it to go around the country and eat. Oh, well, I'd sign up for that now in the morning. Um, <laughs> yeah, you never know. I mean, look, you know, I've looked at the idea of doing maybe a YouTube channel and doing the diner food on that. And there's lots of plans in place, let's say, about, you know, in terms of food. As I say in the book, in the words of Karen Carpenter, we've only just begun. Absolutely. Well, it's fantastic <laughs> that you're getting out and about around the country and showcasing your recipes and your expertise. And you're going to be at Saver Kilkenny on Saturday. I am indeed. That's Saturday the 20th of October. And then in November, Thursday the 9th of November, you're in Listowel with the lovely Lizzie Lyons. Ah, with the lovely Lizzie, who we adore seeing uh, coming into our kitchen on Saturday and Sunday am up on TV3 because... We know we're going to get some of the best sausage rolls in the country. They are fantastic sausage they rolls. Are, they should be given out on prescription, I think, because they're that good. They just bring a smile to your face. Lizzie is a sweetheart, and I'm thrilled that I'm going to be down cooking alongside her. No pressure there, Simon. But I'm going to be cooking alongside her down in the stove, and as you say, down at the county as well. And I'll be doing signings in various bookshops and easons in Kilkenny and Listowel around those events as well. So if anybody wants, just wants to keep an eye on uh, um, at Simply Simons TV on Twitter, all the details of where I'll be. I'll be going north, south, east, and west, signing books and cooking for people. And I'm, I'm dying for people to get their hands of the book and let me know what they think. Whenever you're in Listowel, you're actually cooking for the Rose of Tralee, Jennifer Byrne, and the nutritionist <laughs> from the Kerry team, Kevin Beasley. I don't know, is that breaking news? <laughs> Were you aware uh, of that? That's fantastic. I, that, well, I, I hope they. Uh, I hope they, if they get an advanced copy of the book, get to pick their favourite recipes and I'd be happy to cook for them.
Oh, brilliant. That's a great idea. And Lizzie's going to then showcase a couple of your recipes in her cafe in Listowel over the course oh, of the weekend as well. So I'm looking forward to it. I have lots of friends and family down in Kerry. I can't wait to get down there. You'll have to give her a few tips now whenever <laughs> <laughs> she's planning Lizzie those. <laughs> and last month or this month, the October issue of Easy Food magazine, you're the guest editor of that. So there's a few of your yeah. recipes in there yeah, as well. Yeah, great. They featured a load of the recipes, which is great. Caroline, again, cooks with us at the weekends on the TV she uh, she gave me a great opportunity to be guest editor, which was great fun. Spent the day out there with them. We were in the test kitchen messing around. I kind of mess around wherever I go, as you probably gathered. But uh, they've been great and they showcased a few of the recipes in the magazine. So you're flat out with your Saturday and Sunday AM with your cooking, doing your book signings, going to the food festivals. What else is in the pipeline for you now in the next 12 well, months? Well, I mean, that, that's the gas thing. Because at the end of the day, you know, I'm an actor by heart. I've, I've, I've finished uh, two movies this year, one with... Um, one that I shot over in Connemara with Stephen Dorff, uh, kind of a psychological thriller that's out next summer called Don't Let Go. And then I just wrapped on the Demo and Ivor movie. People will be familiar with the Demo and Ivor TV series in RTE. Uh, so they've just made a feature film of that. I just finished wrapping that. That'll be out of Patrick's weekend next year. Um, and then I'm presenting a new documentary series for RTE 1. Uh, just before Christmas, and then a documentary series for TV3 after Christmas. I'm directing the Panto on the Olympia starring Al Porter, Polly and the Beanstalk, and I'm presenting the Christmas show and the concert hall where we're going to be performing The Snowman. Holy moly. And you still have, you still have time to go home to your lovely wife, your four children, exactly. and cook for them. That's the best part of the day. You're an incredible man, Simon. <laughs> you really are. I could do with one of you in my house, I can tell you. <laughs> It's been fantastic to talk to you. Thanks so much for telling us all about the cookbook. It's Simply Simon's The Diner Cookbook. I look forward to seeing you in Listowel, if not before. So enjoy the rest of the week. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for giving me the chance to talk about the book. I appreciate that. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. So an amazing opening night to look forward to this Thursday, the 9th of November at the Listowel Food Fair. And it's going to feature Simon Delaney, Lizzie Lyons, Rose of Tralee, Jennifer Byrne and Kevin Beasley, who is the nutritionist with the Kerry team. And ticket sales go to charity Nanonegal, so well worth supporting. And then, as we've heard, there's a diverse programme of events to look forward to over the weekend. Now, before we go, a huge congratulations to Georgina Campbell, who has been a guest here on Best Possible Taste many times. And Georgina has won the Listowel Food Fair Lifetime Achievement Award for her significant contribution to travel, hospitality and food tourism in Ireland. And very well deserved. And that brings us to the end of tonight's programme. Thanks to my guests, Paul O'Connor, Greta McCarthy, Shane O'Leary, Martin from Dingle Sushi and Simon Delaney. Next week, we'll be talking to Tom Toomey about the amazing Milk Mark in Limerick and Karina Melvin about her new cookbook, Artful Eating, The Psychology of Lasting Weight Loss. Really interested in that now. Until then, have a great week. Bon appétit. Thanks for listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. Sponsored by thetaste.ie. Voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine. To get in touch with the best possible taste, email Sharon at SharonNoonan.com or tweet Sharon at Queen of Org, as in Queen of Organisation. Bon appétit.